0: locked on big 10
1: your daily podcast on the big 10 conference part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome to locked on big 10 everything you need to know about the big 10 conference every single weekday i'm nate dickinson your host and thank you for making locked on big 10 your first listen every day of the week Isaiah Hole is in with us here on the show today. He is with us every Thursday to try and break down the matchups coming up this weekend in Big Ten football. And we've got a full slate of Big Ten matchups coming up this weekend. Five games, 10 teams in action around the Big Ten for us to get into Isaiah. But first, let's start again with your Michigan Wolverines. Just for a second team, still undefeated. Last test before a big game with a team that will be undefeated, Michigan State. They don't play this weekend. That's the matchup next week. The stage is set for that to be a battle of unbeaten teams. How unexpected is this for, I mean, not now, but looking back and thinking going into the season, maybe where these two teams were right now, this is going to be a top, what, six, seven matchup if both teams end up winning. I don't know. Uh, it'll depend on what ends up happening the rest of the week.
0: Yeah. It'll depend on that. It's uh, yeah, exactly. And it, it's, I think to some degree it's, it's more unexpected of Michigan state than yeah. it is Michigan. Uh, Michigan, certainly a lot of people were out there saying that they'd be surprised if Michigan made a bowl game. I thought that was Michigan, wasn't getting the same benefit of the doubt that Penn state and Wisconsin were getting right. Like Penn state and Wisconsin had equally bad years last year. I know Michigan lost to both, but it was one of those things where people were looking at Penn state and Wisconsin and saying like, well, you know, it's kind of like when Alabama loses, it's like, well, they didn't mean it. You know, it was, they were just joking. Uh, Whereas with Michigan, it was like, this is what Michigan is. This is what Michigan always will be. And it's, it's a little ridiculous. I think that that was kind of the thought. Now that being said, I thought Michigan was going to be six and one going into the Michigan state game. I thought that they were probably going to beat Washington I thought that, honestly, I thought that Wisconsin was going to be the the one where they were going to struggle, uh, and on on route to an eight and four season, um, I, I've certainly changed where what I think of Michigan now based off of what we've seen from them and from the other teams out there. Michigan State wasn't expected to be good at all, right? This was this was not a team that was in, expected to be anywhere close to bowl eligible this year. Uh, it was thought that they were going to lose in week one. Uh, against Northwestern and they were going to lose on the road at Miami and they were going to lose to Nebraska and they were going to lose to uh, Indiana. And none of those things have happened. That said, I'm losing a little bit of faith in Michigan state only because I'm seeing a similar script to what I used to see with Michigan. And maybe it's the same thing with Michigan too, right? I think Michigan's a little bit more solid. They've played, I, I understand the record doesn't look good for Wisconsin, but they, and, Certainly just the fact that the offense was able to move the ball against Wisconsin's defense a couple weeks ago, that that's still, that's a defense that doesn't like to let teams move the ball and Michigan kind of just did it all game as if it was facing whoever. I mean, it wasn't as emphatic as, you know, as a lot of the other games, but they still move the ball regularly. Um, certainly some issues that you saw arise coming out of that Nebraska game from a defensive standpoint, but that's kind of what Nebraska does. You know they have a very complex offense that's uh, very gimmicky and has a lot of different things to it. Uh, but with with that in mind, I look at Michigan State and I I look at the fact that they have played two defenses with a pulse, and both times the offense just did not look anywhere close to what it was able to do. You expect that when you're playing like that's what I kind of what I expected Michigan playing against Wisconsin, right? Like I expected the offense just to fall off. Didn't happen. Uh, so I, I I thought that you know when, when you're going up against a top defense, unless you're an elite offense like Alabama has been or Ohio State still is, you know that that in that case you no matter how elite your defense is, that offense is going to take advantage of you in some way, shape, or form, because uh, good offenses get good defenses. Michigan State, the fact that it, the t- two times it played teams in the upper third of college football's total defenses and it just struggled as mightily as it has, that has me concerned for what the Spartans are going to be able to do going forward. Obviously you got the Michigan game and uh, next week, we're all looking forward to that. I know I'm wearing Mich- Michigan stuff. I literally just put on the first thing I had. It's oh, got to love the home field apparel. Uh, but uh, so that doesn't give me much credence certainly in the eyes of the Spartans, but I try to be as unbiased as I can when it comes to, to looking at the big 10. And right now, I mean, if Ohio state's rounded into form, that's still the the team to beat. I don't know that anyone is going to be able to beat Ohio state unless it starts looking like it did early in the season. Um, But Michigan and Michigan state, whoever wins that game, certainly I think is the biggest challenger. Uh, Penn state has shown some weaknesses on offense. Even before Sean Clifford got hurt, you're not seeing that trio of running backs playing as dominant as people were saying, people were looking at that uh, Penn state running back group and thinking this might be the best running back group in the country. It hasn't looked that way. They've got some some weapons. They've got a good defense. But honestly, to me, uh, even though there's still a lot to be answered. And like I said, I'm very concerned about Michigan State in the sense of if a team can take away the giant plays, keep everything in front of them, the offense kind of starts to sputter. Uh, but nonetheless, I think that if they can go and they can beat Michigan at home on October 30th, that would at least put them in a good position to take on Ohio state, at least continue to give them confidence. Uh, but uh, if Michigan wins that game, it's kind of the same thing, right? I think that uh, Michigan's probably a little bit more poised because the defense has been a little bit more complete, but Michigan state's had more tests against some high-flying offenses too, than Michigan has. So uh, we'll see if either of them are really, truly legit come October 30th. It's going to
1: be a good one. And we're, talking a little bit more about it now because it may not even be the matchup of that weekend penn state ohio state also that night too nittany lions will have a chance there to prove if they can stand up to the tests that isaiah talks about here let's get back into the games this week though here isaiah and starting with wisconsin purdue is the game i want to get to first because this game has Big, big implications now in that Western division. Wisconsin, if it wins out, still controls its fate in the Big Ten. Purdue, if it wins out and Minnesota loses at any point during the rest of the season, it ends up controlling its fate in the Big Ten. So this game is going to end up deciding something. We don't really know what. Both these teams can end up losing out the rest of the way. but Right now, it has stakes, and it's going to be something where I, I don't know Wisconsin's favored three points right now, which I mean, you could have told me it was the other way. I would have believed it too. These two teams, I think are really, really kind of, I don't know how I want to describe, I guess guess a wide range of outcomes. I would say we could have in this game, depending on what kind of teams, what versions of these two teams uh, we get on Saturday, because they've shown a lot of different kinds of quality of football out there this season.
0: Well, I think Wisconsin's been honestly very consistent. It's it, They're, they're going to come at you with a solid defense, D- despite the fact that Michigan and Notre Dame scored a lot of points on Wisconsin. I mean, this is still one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, Notre Dame obviously got there through some turnovers and special teams. Mi- Michigan, it was a little bit more of, like I was saying, the a good, def- a good offense is going to get a good defense. And Michigan clearly had, kind of had some things schematically worked out to take advantage of what Wisconsin was able to do, but Wisconsin, you expect them to come with really good defense and a mediocre offense. Purdue might be exactly poised to be able to take advantage of that though. Right. Because we saw them go up against another top defense. I think Wisconsin is better than Iowa, but uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, but we saw that the offense could take advantage of a, of a pretty, pretty much elite defense um, certainly through the air. Uh, and which is, I think how Purdue probably wants to play it, right? They don't want to necessarily ground and pound you. They want to go through the air. Uh, but with the other side of the ball, at least Purdue has that defense. It's, um, and I, you know, Graham Mertz hasn't really shown me anything yet. Didn't look like a world beater against, uh, against army either. Uh, certainly though, you saw some things from Braylon Allen, really, really stepping up uh, now that uh, Jalen Berger is gone and you're still seeing a little Ches Lucy. We're seeing those receivers are still really good. They went out and made plays when they were called upon. I still like Wisconsin weirdly against all kind of what this game looks like on paper. When you look at the game on paper and you see a three and three Wisconsin team against a four and two Purdue team that just upset the number two team in the country, went up against a good defense and kind of shredded it. I still think Wisconsin's a different animal as far as kind of all of the above is concerned. I, I think that the pass rush will certainly play a part uh, when it comes to George Karlaftis being able to get into the backfield and pressure Graham Mertz. Certainly everyone's going to be trying to, trying to do that. Uh, but I, I still just feel like Wisconsin's record is because it just played three teams that were just honestly much better than what it is right now. And with that in mind, it makes me think like, okay, if that's the case, then Purdue, despite what it did against Iowa, I mean, it, it, I just think that that's certainly could be the type of game where Wisconsin's looks a little bit more like what we expect wins. One of those close grinded out games, controls the line of scrimmage, keeps place, keep away uh, as far as, uh, as far as just keeping the ball, keeping the Purdue offense off the field. And I think that their defense will cause enough problems. I think Purdue will get them, but I, 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 I was going to say, I don't, I don't see them throwing four interceptions like Spencer Petras did last week. But then again, Graham Mertz certainly has that in his arsenal. So I think it's a, the, the big thing for this game for the Badgers is taking care of the football. You take care of the football, you win the game probably. If you don't, it's anybody's guess. And that's kind of what's plagued Wisconsin so far this year. So I still like Wisconsin. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if Purdue won, kind of similar to what we saw last week. I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll be a close game either way, but uh, we'll see. It'll be a fun game to, to check out.
1: Yeah, it'll be a fun one for sure, but it definitely has that uh, Big Ten messy potential that a whole lot of Big Ten games have had this season. Moving on, the other game of the week, really, if you're looking at just records, is Minnesota against Maryland. Minnesota all of a sudden, again, I believe controls, yes, its own fate in the Big Ten on that Western side as well. Maryland, an explosive offense, has had a little bit of the wind blown out of the sails with a couple of losses to really good teams over the last couple of weeks, but a chance to on the road still in what continues to be a tough stretch on this team's schedule. It's going to be a tough one. They don't have Jashawn Jones any longer after the injury over the weekend, so a, a bit of a hit to Tali Tungvaloa and that offense, but the Gophers right now have been playing a lot better than, honestly, I'll say I've given them credit for at points in this season, beating a Nebraska team last week. Where are you at with what Minnesota is as a team? Because I'm trying to figure out that team still.
0: It, 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 this, this is actually the billing of more so what you kind of ascribe to the other game of you don't really know what these teams are on a week-to-week basis. Uh-huh. Minnesota, every time I buy into Minnesota, they lose. Every single time. <laughs> So it, it, it's kind of one of those things where, like, granted, I, I picked them to lose to Nebraska this last week. But so, like, when I pick against them, they win. When I pick pick them, they lose. That's just kind of how it goes. So I guess if you're in Minneapolis, you probably want me to pick against them. Maryland, on the other hand, it, it's kind of the same old Maryland in a way in that it, this is – you know, they, they look great in non-conference – the only conference win they have right now is against Illinois. Very well could be the worst team in the conference. The, any, anytime they face other teams, granted, I mean, they've played some good teams, Iowa, Ohio State, but this just it's it doesn't look good for, for the Terrapins considering they don't have a defense. The question is, is does Minnesota want to play offense? We, they did last week against Nebraska, but some of these other weeks, it just seems like they're allergic to it. So their defense is going to keep them in games, but they are, despite the fact that yet, you know, Maryland's even more shorthanded, you know, considering Dante Dimas is out for the year. They're going to be relying very heavily on town fleet Davis and, uh, and Rakeem Jarrett. I mean, but they still have technically the best quarterback in in the conference, aside from CJ Stroud, he's rated very high, according to PFF, uh, number two in the conference. And it's just like, you look at what he can do. If he's not making mistakes, they're usually in pretty good position The offense still can be high flying with the pieces that they have, but that defense is just not good. So the question to me when I look at this game is, does Minnesota uh, with Tanner Morgan and whoever they trot out at running back at this point, which it might be you or me at this point, Nate, I'm not sure. I haven't gotten an email, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came asking asking me, a near 40-year-old man, to come and play uh, running back for them at this juncture. it's whoever they trot out, do they want to play offense? They haven't wanted to yet this year. So except for just sporadically, if you can put the game on Tanner Morgan's back against that defense, it should be Minnesota's, but sometimes Tanner Morgan does not look like the fifth year guy or whatever year he is. He, he sometimes just looks like, you know, a better version of Jack Tuttle. (laughs) So it's just going to be a question of what Minnesota shows up for this game because. I have lost all faith in Maryland. Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, it really is when the good Tanner Morgan shows up, that offense can uh, do enough, I think to beat a Nebraska team, obviously to maybe sneak around in that big 10 West, but it's still got Iowa. It's still got Wisconsin and it still needs to see Tanner Morgan show up. The good Tanner Morgan show up for those games, which quite honestly, uh, he, he never really has. I mean, he's had decent games against those teams but Michigan or Michigan, Minnesota, doesn't beat those teams and Mm. hasn't in the time that Morgan's been there either. He's been no exception to that rule. Neither has PJ Fleck, but Mm. anyway, we'll talk more about big 10 games this weekend going on throughout Saturday here on locked on big 10 in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break. Isaiah Holes with us and Nate Dickinson, your host here on the show. Sweatblock is the number one antiperspirant product on Amazon right now and with good reason. This stuff actually works and the people are doing the advertising work for them. They know it and they keep coming back for more. Now Sweatblock has your usual deodorants and things like that. They sent some of us over some and I used it all. It's all gone. I may go get even some more. It really does do the job. I hadn't had to worry about anything like that sweat or anything like that. I didn't even think about it at all when I was using this stuff. But if you want some of that extra protection to be able to make sure that you don't have to ever worry as you're going throughout the day about any sort of sweat, whether you're just wearing a light shirt or you're someone who sweats a lot, you can use their wipes that you put on the night before. And this stuff lasts for up to a week, making sure that your underarms are staying dry. Sweat block is really everything it says in the name. It blocks the sweat out Without fail, and the numbers really again just tell the story all on their own. Head on over to Amazon, or your local CVS, or use our promo code Locked On over at Sweatblock.com for twenty percent off your order and try these guys out. You're going to again be satisfied. I guarantee it with what they have to offer. Welcome back in Locked On Big Ten. Asher Low with us here to go over the AP preseason basketball polls. We thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Again, be sure to make Locked On Badgers with Asher and Ben Kenny over there your second listen once you're done over here. Asher, thanks again for joining us here on the podcast on a Wednesday, as you do. We've got preseason polls and basketball to break down. We already went down the list. Of, I, maybe we didn't even go all the way down the list. Michigan 6, Purdue 7, Illinois 11. Ohio State 17, Maryland at 21, Michigan State, Indiana, and Rutgers all receiving votes below them. And let's start right there at the top. We had already kind of opened the conversation mm-hmm. on Michigan talking about Hunter Dickinson and what he brings. But this Michigan was going to be Michigan team was going to be really good even if he had decided not to come back this season. The Wolverines boast the top recruiting class in the nation out of the 2021 class. Is it fair to say these are the highest expectations that Juwan Howard has faced in his time running this team since maybe he was playing?
2: 100%, not even close. Uh, If you remember last year, it's hard to remember, but Michigan last year, we were expecting a middle-of-the-table finish, and they surpassed all their expectations. This year, the expectations are there heading into the year. This is a team that made an Elite Eight run a year ago, lost on... Uh, had like maybe four chances to win that game down the stretch. Mike Smith had the final one that almost went in. Franz Wagner airballed the three. They had a bunch of chances to beat UCLA down the stretch. Couldn't do it. And you return in 2021 to 22, a team, like I said, led by Hunter Dickinson in that front court. Eli Brooks is back. They lose quite a bit, though. Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers, both in the National Basketball Association. Franz Wagner now with his brother Mo over in Orlando on probably the worst team in the NBA, but he will get some run you lose Mike Smith, who I think was an underratedly big loss, like livers and Vodner will get the the attention. But Mike Smith was the engine last year for a lot of the year. I thought the game on the road when Wisconsin went on the road, that is I'm using a Badger perspective. But when the Badgers went on the road at Michigan, it was Mike Smith that really turned around the tide of that game. And, And he did that multiple times last year for Michigan, pushing the pace and getting out in transition, a guy that got buckets in the Ivy league and got buckets in the big 10. They replace him with a kind of similar model of player, not, not a similar necessarily basketball player, but a guy that transferred from a mid-major school, Devante Jones in coastal Carolina had, you know, one of those great scoring years at a mid-major school last year over 19 points a game. And he'll kind of be this year's Mike Smith, a six one guard coming in out of a mid-major school, got buckets last year in the sunbelt. Will he get buckets in the big 10? The answer is usually Yes. When you're asking if that stuff translates, it's usually a yes. But the big talk is not only Dickinson back, but the recruiting class, obviously. And that recruiting class starts uh, with Caleb, Caleb Houston. Uh, uh, Houston. I'm I'm like reading five things right there. Caleb Houston. Yeah. Is is a dynamic freshman who we watched in FIBA a lot. I watched him on Team Canada in FIBA this summer, and I think the the things that surprised me about him were he was kind of labeled as a as a plus size shooter in terms of he's six foot eight long and has a really solid looking jumper. And is a great three point shooter. His dribble drive game was better than I thought it was. Uh, He wasn't afraid to play in that 10 to 15 foot area. Once he got in that mid range game and he can really beat you off the dribble at his size. Like his first step is quicker than a lot of guys. He'll go up against, I think in the big 10, even he's ready to come into the big 10, get by guys, uh, make good decisions. really good ball handler for his size. He's a dude you can put absolutely anywhere. Like he doesn't mess with a system. He doesn't need a specific style of basketball. He doesn't need players around him specifically. He is low maintenance as it gets in terms of you can plug and play him. I think almost anywhere. He's one of those versatile wins where it doesn't really matter who's around him. It doesn't matter what you're trying to run for him. He's going to get his in some way, shape or form, right? Uh, His shot also kind of like Patrick Baldwin Jr., who's not going to the big 10. He's going to a Wisconsin school, not the Badgers. He's going to play for his dad over in Milwaukee. But both of those guys have such good forms on their jumpers. Like when you watch them shoot, even if you're not a basketball guy, if you just watch them take shots, you'll be like, yeah, that guy probably makes a ton of them. That's Caleb Houston. And I think he's going to be their best freshman. And I think he's going to start, he's going to be dynamic for them all year long. And like I said, Dickinson's right hand, huge question. And Eli Brooks, I want a little more offensively from him this year, I think, as a guy coming back for his final year in Michigan.
1: It'll be Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate leading that class as five stars, three more four-star recruits follow them into Michigan to try and top the Big Ten this season. Biggest competition, as we mentioned, the Purdue Boilermakers are right there at number seven. While Michigan lost quite a bit of talent, Illinois, we'll mention in a minute, lost quite a bit of talent. Purdue's got everybody back with Trayvon Williams returning to it's 95% of the scoring from the 2020 season still back for that team Zach Eadie still here Jaden Ivey still here Eric Hunter and Sasha Stefanovic are both still here as big backcourt returning starters too we talked about it off the top of the show or you mentioned I think it was Michigan and Purdue these two teams really it's not like there's much separating these squads this could be flip-flopped easily but these are at least going into it, looking like the two teams that are the class of the conference. Purdue, because it's been here before and has everybody coming back to try and do it again.
2: This is my favorite team in the Big Ten. Honestly, it's not that close to me, but I get that it is pretty close on paper. I do think they end up being the best team in the Big Ten Conference, Purdue that is. And there are a few reasons why. You get Trevion Williams back, right? You know exactly what you're getting with him. A guy that can take over a game in the low post, a guy that's done it for multiple years in college basketball, a good rebounder for his size, but it's all about Jaden Ivey, man. If you watch that North Texas game where they lost in the first round, it was Jaden Ivey. It was his team. It was almost as if nobody else was playing on Purdue. Like he was the only guy on the floor at times in that game is what it felt like. He took over that basketball game in the NCAA tournament. They didn't win the game, but boy, it was not because of him. Uh, He's going to take the next step offensively. and I don't think there's any debate about it, Like he's going to be, one of the best scorers in the big 10 this year. He is one of those guys that turns up the energy whenever he's on the floor. He plays fast. Uh, He can get to the rim. Uh, He's super athletic and his jumper looked really, really good in that same FIBA tournament I was talking about where all the top kind of young guys played. Uh, Caleb Houston played for Canada. Jaden Ivey was on team USA with Johnny Davis of Wisconsin. And Jaden was, was tremendous in that tournament, really came off the bench in the first couple of games and just, completely changed things when he was on the floor for Team USA. So I'm really excited to see what Jaden Ivey brings. He has that no fear that we saw last year. Like he was taking, you know, game winners last year as a freshman. And I think that 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 no fear level will only improve in terms of how uh, reckless he's going to play in a good way, using that word in a positive way. Uh, He's a little reckless sometimes, but it, it usually works out in his favor.
1: Move on to Illinois. Uh, It's, again, I asked you about this team being overrated. It's an interesting squad to me because, as you mentioned, without Kofi Cochran, I don't know if this team is, like, late teens, early 20s, maybe if they're in the top 25. Like, I don't know. This was the team that was, like, supposed to be one of the big drop-offs, as well as the Iowa Hawkeyes, who we aren't going to talk about today because they're not ranked. But now it seems like, like you mentioned, there may be a bit of an overcorrection there where Kofi Corcoran's a great player, but he, he's not that kind of a game-changing player that I think is able to do even as much without a guy like Io Desumu out there to compliment him. So I'm, I'm hesitant as you are with this Illinois team, especially at a number 11 ranking here. I don't know if that's warranted in... I, I, I think that's, I mean, it could be potentially like Really, really agree. Just something we're laughing at a month or two into the season.
2: Yeah, I got one big issue with Kofi, and it's pretty simple. And it's not an issue you'll see with a Curbelo. It's not an issue you'll see with an Ivy. It's not even an issue you'll see with a Trevion Williams. Kofi is seven foot two eighty five, right? But he is incredibly matchup dependent in terms of how well he can impact the game. He is, and we saw it in the NCAA tournament. He is very, very matchup dependent. A lot of college basketball teams don't have seven footers that play a lot. They might have one on the roster. He's not going to necessarily be an X factor. He's not going to play a ton. He doesn't move that well. Kofi can dominate those teams in the front line. Loyola Chicago not only had Cameron Crutwig, they have one of the best. Had one of the best coaches in college basketball in Porter Moser. Sad that he's no longer there, uh, but Porter Moser moving on to Oklahoma, of course, this year. He created a game plan with Crutwig leading the way that completely took Kofi out of the basketball game. And it actually took him out of the game more on defense than on offense because there's a reason that – you remember Jaleel for, from Duke, who was Uh, the number one pick in the – or was the number one pick, a guy that was a guy that everybody was uh, – Anthony Bennett. But a guy that was the number one recruit in his class. He tore it up at Duke. Uh, He's an unbelievably skilled big. He was the third overall pick in 2015. So he never basically found a role in the NBA. And it was pretty simple as to why. He's a great basketball player, actually. He was just in the wrong setting for him. The matchups were dependent for him in order to have success. And the NBA went all spread, pick, and roll. They went to a bunch of small bigs, right? They could all shoot threes and all move a bunch. And everybody could guard one through five. You hear all those three and D, right? You hear all these, like, words, buzzwords thrown out all the time. That's why Kofi's never going to play in the NBA in a serious role, in my opinion, but it also can hurt him in college because there are certain teams that play that way. Like if Illinois played Alabama in the NCAA tournament, where are you putting Kofi on defense? What are you doing with him? You can't play him. He's unplayable. And it's not even his fault. It's just where the game is going with some of these teams. So there are certain games where he will look awesome and certain games where I think he's virtually unplayable defensively, go back and watch the tape of the way that Brad Underwood. And I think it was actually largely Underwood's fault because the way he had him playing Crutwig, but go back and watch the game. They lost in the second round, watch Kofi playing defense and watch how much of a liability he is. When you have a mobile big like Crutwig who can pass the ball exceptionally well is your playmaker at that position and your playmaker catching the ball from like 18, 20 feet. Kofi is not comfortable out there and there'll be situations where he has to guard out there and I don't trust him to do it.
1: Mm. There's all sorts of new cars, makes and models out there. It, seems like there's more to can, you can keep track of now than anyone could keep track of, even the pros. But the people at Rock Auto, they keep everything all organized and all their parts ready for you to choose from so you don't have to head over to a part shop or dealerships for them to try to file through and see if they have exactly what you need. Not only can you know Rock Auto has it, you can know you're getting the right piece and know that you're getting it straight to your door at the best price and at a convenience that really can't be beat. So instead of heading all over town trying to find what you might need for your car, head to rockauto.com, find the exact part that you need for a repair, upgrade, just regular maintenance, anything, and be sure it gets delivered straight to your door at the price that nobody else can beat. Again, you can't Lose by at least giving it a look. RockAuto.com. And if you use the service, let them know that we sent you. Put locked on in the RockAuto.com little how did you hear about us box. We're into the thick of things here this football season, and betonline.ag has everything that you need to make sure that your betting experience is the best it can be. BetOnline has a brand new site with a user interface that's all updated for you to check out, so if you've been there before, go try them out now and take a look at the new look of the site, but also... Take a look at everything they have to offer. They've got new props, bets, parlay combos you can try. It's not just a new look. It's a new way to bet out there at betonline.ag. Go try out all the updates that they put out for you here for this football season as they are on top of everything going on on the gridiron this it's betonline.ag where you can use our promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. Again, that's LOCKED ON when you sign up for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag.